Today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Alcantad. This text lands on us that way. Listen, what, what America thinks of you or your friends think of you or people on Instagram think of you or your job thinks of you or your boss thinks of you or your ex-girlfriend, boyfriend thinks of you. None of that will matter on the last day. There's only one judge. And in a way, that's actually incredibly freeing. It allows you to go like, you know what? If I'm following Jesus and people are like, you're stupid, that's backwards. You know, like, whatever, man. Like, like I'm thinking about a higher judge. Open God, oh my soul. He is strong and he is strong to save. Open God, he's a rock and you hide in place. He's a mighty fortress. In America, people love to say, don't judge me. The irony is that Americans also love to judge others. Whether it be family members, co-workers, or the celebrities on TV, judgment is a common American pastime. Today, Pastor Ricky reminds us that our hope is in the one who judges justly. In this life, we might get worried about the ways that others are judging us, maybe a boss or a peer, maybe even a family member. But in the end, only God's judgment really matters, and he'll judge righteously and perfectly. Now let's join Pastor Ricky in the book of Revelation chapter 20. As he begins his message, only God can judge me. Revelation chapter 20. Now, I was hoping to pause and deal with the issues of the millennium this week of of Revelation 20 verses 1 through 6. And that's often, if you're not familiar with that, that's often how, why, how people define which camp they fall into related to the book of Revelation. But we're going we're gonna to pull a Dennis Johnson who in his commentary basically said, listen, I could tell you what I think about the millennium up front, or we can go through the whole book, and then I'll tell you at the end. And I'm going to do that. We're going to pull a Dennis Johnson because I feel like, I, I think in God's providence, walking through the entirety of the book will then allow us to go and say, okay, great. There's so many different interpretations of this. How do we interact about those interpretations? So that is one reason. The second reason is in dealing with Revelation chapter 20, I began to see that verses 11 to 15 are some of the most significant verses in the Bible. That is not an exaggeration. That they, if true, and they are true, redefine everything in our lives. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. This is God's word. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. And then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. 
And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. And then verse, chapter 21, verse 1. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. This is God's word. And Father, we pray, we pray every week, but we pray this week desperately. Lord, give us the gift of revelation today. Allow us to see. Lord, help my inability to communicate the immensity and weight of such a text. Lord, may it be that as we leave, we will feel the reality of the throne and the one seated on it, and then by the Lord's grace, the joy of our salvation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, I struggled with how do you begin talking about such an immense text, and then I found it, Tupac. Tupac Shakur was a rapper, if you didn't know, and at one point was accused and then convicted of assault, but maintained his innocence vehemently in, by most accounts, and then released a rap, a profane rap that I'm not recommending you listen to, but the rap had a memorable lyric in it that was repeated constantly. And it both reflected, I think, American culture, and I think kind of burned this line into American culture. And the line was this, only God can judge me. And everybody nodding, I know that you listen to Tupac now, or did, pre-con, okay, so pre-conversion. So you've all been revealed, I took a note, and that's the line, only God can judge me. Now that both, I think, reflects American hearts, but was a unique encapsulation of it because all of us, if we're honest, are a little bit like Tupac, right? We come out and we do not want others to judge us. Perhaps the only verse that most Americans know is, judge not lest ye be judged, right? Don't you be judging me. Or in the words of Escaleto and Nacho Libre, I don't know why you always have to be judging me, right? <laughs> We come out. We do not want others to judge us. We don't want them to question our decisions. We don't want to be put under the microscope. We want to be freed from all that. And so kind of what we say in response often is, only God can judge me. Hey, but our text today has a response to our culture. And the response is this, he will. Are you ready? That's the text. Only God can judge me. He will. Are you ready? We're going to walk through a series of questions today to kind of work through the text. And the first question is this. Who judges? It says, verse 11, Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Right? This is the throne that begins Revelation in Revelation 4 in, in the sense of they, they have those letters to the churches and the visions start with this vision of the throne. So this, this vision is not new. We have seen the throne before. We've seen the one seated on it before, but something new occurs from his 
presence, earth and sky fled away and there was no place, no place was found for them. Okay, so what's happening? So here's what's happening. In, in Greek thought, there were kind of three planes of existence, the world, the underworld, the world of the dead, and the heavens, which is the world of the gods. And so variously, sometimes a, a, somebody from the world of the gods would come down to the normal world or go, you know, some, some interaction like that. But, but this is utterly different. Verse 11, the imagery is this, that the separation between the world and the heavens is shattered. And he, God, rolls up the sky. And he, the the language is almost that he appears simultaneously everywhere, or perhaps, rather, the reality of the throne is the only reality in the universe. This is what was foreshadowed in Revelation chapter 11. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying... The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Meaning this, those two planes of existence, the kingdom of the world has become, there's no separation between the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ. It's all fully, finally, completely under the rule of God. Him ruling now in this moment when we pray The Lord's prayer, his kingdom come, let his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the fulfillment of every Lord's prayer ever prayed in history. Now let's take a moment to remember how much of a contrast then this is with previous sections of Revelation. Who judges? Well, the answer is not the culture. (laughs) It's not Babylon you have to worry about. It's not her representing the culture around us, the media around us, friend groups, high school, extended family, whatever. Don't worry. In a sense, this text is saying, listen, don't worry about them judging you. It's not who you need to be worried about nor the, even the government, right? The government represents worldly governance in opposition to Christ. And ultimately, even though the Lord sets up governing authorities and can use them in limited ways for good, in the end, the government's evaluation of you is not the final evaluation of you. Neither is it a teacher, right? The false prophet led many astray. And it reminds us that the ultimate judge is not a teacher or a writer or a speaker or even a pastor. The ultimate authority is someone very different. And and let me just insert then as Americans, the American mindset is that no one can tell me what's right for me. I got to listen to my truth. I got to be true to myself. Listen, in the end, It will not matter if you've been true to yourself. It will not matter if you judge yourself well. What will matter is the evaluation and judgment of the one on the throne. And when you are aware of a higher judgment, all of a sudden those those other judgments begin to fade away. I have a confession. Back in, I think, the 90s, if I remember correctly, in our church, there were some guys that were like trying to be cool, in, in high school, and they were trying to be a little gangster and a little cholo or whatever, and they bought, and listen, if, you're, if you were not from El Paso, right, or somebody somewhere like that, this is going to be inscrutable to you, but guys were buying the chain. You know what I'm talking about? The, the chain. So the baggy jeans and the chain, right? Go from here to here, and you would like kind of walk in and be like, oh, yeah, what's up, Holmes? Right? Like this, 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and you'd walk different with the chain, like, mm, come on, like, you know. And so I, as a skinnier than I am now, homeschooled kid, while at the store one day, saw a chain. And under the influence of desire to be cool, I thought, that's what I need. So I took my money and I purchased a chain. Took it home. And the time came where there were gonna be a number of youth kids, you know, out at, at you know, somebody's house hanging out. And I thought, this is the perfect opportunity to wear this chain. But I knew something. I knew I would have to put the chain on, walk out of my room, and my mom and dad would look at me before I left. And when I bought the chain, my mom was like, oh my gosh. You know, I could just tell, but she's like, well, it's his money. You know, it's not drugs. So like, well, let's let him get, you know. <laughs> sure. But I knew I was gonna have to walk past my dad. And in that moment, the reality of walking past my dad in a chain and baggy jeans like became a reality to me. Also the reality that this is my dad. Also the reality that I live here. And, and also the reality that chains are incredibly stupid. Somehow all of that came to me in the moment and the chain I bought, I never wore. Because even though I wanted to be judged cool, well, there's a different judge in the end that I cared more about. Similarly, this text lands on us that way. Listen, what, what America thinks of you or your friends think of you or people on Instagram think of you or your job thinks of you or your boss thinks of you or your ex-girlfriend, boyfriend thinks of you, none of that will matter on the last day. There's only one judge. And in a way, that's actually incredibly freeing. It allows you to go like, you know what? If I'm following Jesus and people are like, you're stupid, that's backwards. You know, like, whatever, man. Like, like I'm thinking about a higher judge. All right, first, who judges? Second, who will be judged? Verse 12, and I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. Now, again, this is, like in many things in Revelation, these are images, but they're images meant to communicate a, a deep spiritual reality that, that everyone who is alive and everyone who dies, every single person, the text is, says small and great or great and small. That phrase occurs throughout scripture to emphasize everybody. No one escapes this trial. Every ruler, every billionaire, every quiet person that keeps themselves, every loud person with a million friends, all of them will be there including you. Now, in our American culture, we, well, I think our national, people argue about what our national sport is. What's the national sport of America? Is it football? Is it, you know, whatever. Baseball. The baseball fans are losing, but I'm rooting for you guys. It's fun. You know, the national pastime of America, the national sport of America is judging. <laughs> right? We, we love to judge. We, we pour over celebrity news judging their hair, judging their relationship, judging their jobs, judging their relation, you know, the, the person they're with now. And all the guys are like, yeah, what my wife does on, you know, watching Bravo is so stupid. No, you just judge the front office of the Dallas Cowboys and whether Dak is a decent quarterback and what you would have done on third and long in the playoffs, right? This is, this is America, America loves to judge others. We have networks devoted to it. Why? By the entire world was watching a stupid celebrity trial. We had no 
you know, real stake in. Why? Because we want to make ourselves feel better in relationship to them. Like, I'm not that crazy. Like, honey, I mean, I'm, you know, now you think I'm crazy, but look at this guy, you know. Look, this is the reality. When I was in, in mock trial in high school, we went to the courthouse downtown all the time. So, you know, first the courthouse is a little intimidating, but then you kind of get used to it. Then it just becomes, oh, we go practice mock trial at the courthouse, you know. After hours, say hi to the security guard on your way up, you know, kind of talking with, chatting with your friends on the way up. But then, years after being in mock trial, I missed a jury summons somehow. I, 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 I put it by my bedside table and it fell in the crack and then I missed my jury duty. So then I was summoned to the courtroom to explain myself. And so I, re I remember walking to the courthouse and the courthouse would look so friendly and familiar, all of a sudden started to feel a little different. You know, the security guards that I would wave at, all of a sudden I'm like, are they gonna arrest me now or maybe later, you know? You start to feel the reality of like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in front of a, a, a real judge. We're not playing anymore. Like that's the reality. I will stand there. You will stand there. And you will be accounted for individually, not as a group, right? You, you won't be your family that kind of comes together. Listen, if you're in middle school or high school, you gotta remember this. You're not gonna come as a family and like your mom and dad's faith is like, well, you guys get kind of over the line. So you guys are in and you're like, whew. Then you slide in with mom and dad. Neither will you slide in with your church. Because you have sat here in these seats today or for years does not mean that Cross of Grace corporately will be called to account corporately and we'll just kind of have a group grade and you're like, phew, like the person in the group, the, you know, the college group that didn't really do their part but got the A anyway. If you're hoping for that, it's a no. You will stand before the throne Question three, how will they be judged? And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Now, the, the death and Hades imagery is used, it's using Greek imagery to make a point, right? Remember the three planes? It's saying, listen, the, the underworld people, they're not safe from the judgment either. Like, in other words, it's almost as though the, that God and the throne are crashing through all the planes of reality and, and the dead are summoned as well, every single one of them, and the books are opened. Now, there's two books going on here. First is, or a book or set of books, is a record of deeds, a record of actions. So, People are judged according to what they had done. Now, this is on one level good. The rumors about you that aren't true will finally be dispelled on the last day, right? You, you won't be judged according to that. You know, that, that's, that's not gonna happen. Instead, you'll only be judged according to what you've done. Well, somebody could say, well, well, well listen, is this gonna be a fair trial? Is it gonna be an impartial jury? You know, what, what, what if the jury's being unduly influenced here? You know, we're, we're Americans. We're like, we know our rights. We're gonna hire the best lawyer. Well, let's think about this. First, the judgment is made with full and complete knowledge of your life. Look, God is omniscient. He sees everything. And, and scripture says, scripture actually goes further. He sees through everything, right? Jeremiah 17 says this. I, the Lord, 
search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. He sees through all the bluster, all the facade. He searches hearts and thoughts. Look, what this means is this. The, the imagery here is vivid. The books of everything you've said to your spouse will be opened. The internet viewing history of everything you've ever seen online will be unrolled. The record of every text you've ever sent, every word you wish you could take back, every, everything you should have done but did not do, all of it will be fully and completely there. And the judgment then is made according to the perfect and true standards of justice in God himself. Like all this, this talk of like, well, what if the jury gets influence? What if there's undue influence in the jury? Look, this is the one judge in history that's not gonna be unduly influenced by anything that truly and finally and fully upholds the standards of justice that so often in this world are not upheld. Look, often we, we judge ourselves in relationship to other people. Right? One of the reasons we love to, to, to watch celebrity meltdowns or Bravo or whatever is that we can look at somebody else and go, I'm not like them. I'm not that bad. I feel better about myself. Maybe even in your family, you're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm better than my spouse at least. Well, well, listen, I have a record of wrongs my spouse did and, and you know, and, and I could make a great case about, against my spouse. And I could make a great case against my family that I grew up with. And I can make a great case against my boss. And I can make a great case against my ex-friend or ex-boyfriend. Listen, on that day, you're not gonna be asked for all of the documents you have for your case against anyone else. The only person that you'll give an account for is you. And you will be judged not in relationship to others, but in relationship to justice with a capital J, truth with a capital T, righteousness with a capital R, and, and the character of God. And you could, we'll say, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. What if I didn't know all of this stuff? Listen, this judgment is made according to the law of God, both written on our hearts and expressed clearly through his word. Romans 1 says that every person, every person, has, in a sense, the, the, the knowledge of good and evil written on their heart, that we know what is right. We know the good we ought to do. We do not do it because we suppress it and we choose to do something else. We choose injustice instead of justice, unrighteousness instead of righteousness. Hope in God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong to save. Pastor Ricky will continue teaching through this series in the book of Revelation next time on Better News Radio. What an amazing gift this book of the Bible is. It's a very revealing book about the future, and yet there's still things that you won't be able to understand with a finite human mind. But wouldn't it be remarkable to have a full understanding of all of it at a later time? This book is Jesus' way of assuring his people that he'll make all things right. 
justice will be done and the world will be restored because of a savior who comes and fights the bad guys. What a heroic story that weaves its way throughout all of history. Revelation brings things with this current world to a close and God ushers in a new reality. What hope this can bring you as a Christian and follower of Jesus? Don't live in fear of what's to come of this world. God's in control and he has a good plan. If you're enjoying studying God's Word but would like some additional resources, we'd like to help you. Go to betternewsradio.com and find some helpful tools to assist you along the way. You can also give us a call. Our phone number is 915-562-7100. That's 915-562-7100. Don't forget to place a marker in your Bible and join us again as Pastor Ricky continues teaching through God's Word in the book of Revelation. Our time with you for today is about up, but we trust that you're learning and growing, appreciating what God is teaching you. Come again to hear Better News Radio.